This week, I see what happens when Harry Potter doesn't skip leg day. And like this show, I try to get equally ripped with a daily intake of cream puffs. I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett. And we watch anime. Garrett, this week we see what happens when Japan takes a beloved Western concept and adds all the creamy anime filling to make it something special. This show is on its face a ripoff of two beloved properties, but does it do enough to be its own thing? We try to find out if we can one-punch some Slytherins or Avocadavarus and Saitama as we take on the buff action shown in combat you know as Mashal, Magic, and Muscle. Before we begin, Garrett, what are new fans going to be expecting from this episode? You're going to be expecting the creators of this show to be booking lots of lawyer hours for their copyright infringement. Oh, no doubt. I think, you know, when I was watching this, I was just like, I know that there's like, it. there's going to be like a turn of tables today because I know the esoteric small Easter eggs that are in a lot of things when I watch mm-hmm. anime, but this is the one where like, you're the pro and you're going to be able to, whatever the wizarding world of weebs for you know the wee version of that is i know that's going to be you today there are no easter eggs it is a giant egg <laughs> the whole thing is an egg there's nothing hidden it's just the easter bunny handing you one giant no egg like this is the hunt they might that's- as well name the lead character barry botter like- <laughs> so before we begin on this on this into <laughs> this uh adventures in copyright <laughs> we're gonna first thank everyone to listen to us on anchor.fm slash wama podcast or anywhere your podcast is found but we want to make sure that when you do you give us a five-star review um and avocadabras are our wands to to produce a five-star review which we want everyone to do uh we also want to well, have everybody check us out on our social media so garrett garrett hit them with those handles Absolutely. Check us out over on Instagram at Wanwa Podcast or see what we're saying over on Twitter at Weeb underscore noob. By all means, engage with us. Tell us what we're doing wrong. We'll tell us why we don't. We'll tell you why we don't care. <laughs> so this show today, um, you know, is an interesting one because I feel like today you are going to take on the Weeb role in some portions of this, right? It's possible. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm, I normally I talk about the show. It's 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 demographics, where it came from, how long it took, what the studio did. But I got first got introduced that you, Garrett, yourself are a Harry Potter fan. And that's going to be relevant as we talk about the show more. Uh, Indeed. Talk about your adventures in in uh, in Harry Potter there, my man. Absolutely. Uh, so I'm probably a fraction. I don't know if I'm a fraction old, but I remember first finding out about Harry Potter when you and I were on a school bus trip in 2001. I think the first movie had just come out and I was like, this is BS. This is just for kids and all like the girls our age were like, oh, my God, no, it's amazing. And I'm like, it's a kid's movie and I am 16 and way too cool for this. Uh, And then eventually my brother, who's 11 years my senior, had like the first four books and he was like, uh, no, man, you definitely got to read this. So I gave it a shot. Um, so again, we're talking probably about 03, 04 yeah, at this ago, point. Yeah. 
And uh, I blew through them all. And uh, the fifth one was like just either the fourth one had just come out or the fifth one was just coming out. So like I was racing against time. And and ever since then, it's just sort of been like a comfort thing for both uh, myself. Uh, later found out for my wife. Uh, we read a lot. She reads like a demon. But whenever uh, we're just looking to sort of like hit the reset button and go to a comfort place, you know, some people put friends on TV. Some people cozy up uh, under a blanket uh, in front of the fireplace. And for us, that sort of like comfort for our soul is to go back and read, uh, you know, one of the if not all of the seven books in the Harry Potter series. Right. So. And, and this is going to become relevant as we talk about the show a bit more, and then I'm going to talk about my relationship to Harry Potter. Um, the show we're talking about today is the, called Mashal, Magic and Muscle. Um, it's a The manga ran from 2020 to 2023, and the anime began streaming earlier this year. As of this recording, it's ongoing. Um, it's uh, In Japan, it's only known as Mashal uh, because it is a portmanteau, a smashing of two words, of the words magic and muscle. So instead of calling it musclelic, or muscle jack. <laughs> they call it meshel. That's terrible. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but that I, I, I did not get that, Kyle. That is a terrible portmanteau. <laughs> but here's the thing: you got to remember, we're saying it in a blenderized version of it in English after the fact, right? For them, it's mashuru, <laughs> which is you know magiku and 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 mashuru, which sounds very close. Ooh, so would magic. So here's a little something, guys. We're going to go down a bit of a rabbit hole. Sorry to eat up a minute and a half of the podcast. Please, for yeah, this. go ahead. Last night, uh, my wife and I were talking before bed, and we were talking about the three um, alphabets in Japanese. So you have, uh, 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 what's hiragana? the main one? Hiragana, katakana. So there's, well, hold on. So there's hiragana, which is like, the alphabet Japanese for words. Japanese words. It's the There's phonetic katakana, spelling. Yeah. Which is like the alphabet for non-Japanese uh, words. words. Like, right. Umbuga. Yes. And then kanji is kind of like a hieroglyphic, kind of like it's an Chinese imagery. characters. They adapted Chinese characters into Japanese. So it's symbols uh, that mean that that have meanings to them. Yeah. Gotcha. So I can only imagine like with the martial that like, I mean, I guess, but magic and muscle there has to be like hiragana for for magic and muscle so that like they can't like be i don't know I, i'm just baffled by if how bad it's that if is. it's not like 110 percent japanese they they just defer to katakana so if you look at the like the manga it, it i mean the, yeah the cover it's all it's all katakana anything that's like not 100 percent like japanese they're they have a purity thing with their language even like animals get get um uh katakana. oh like if they're not native to japan yeah exactly like you know fennec soup or fennec fox or whatever or just like they have the, it's 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 a weird it's weird what they decide is is like meant for their their alphabet but very interesting um, i mean that does not surprise me with what i know about their culture but onward yeah. Onward. So uh, when I suggested this show to you, Garrett, I said this is a combination of Harry Potter and One Punch Man. Was that a good bold description? A uh, good good cover description. Of I it? forgot that you made the One Punch Man reference, but absolutely. And I only, but my experience, One Punch Man, by the way, to my to my knowledge, is one of like the biggest animes in the world right now. Correct. And um, I only watched like four or six episodes. I have not continued to watch it at all. So. Uh, but kind of, I'd say it's like, it is a mashup, but it's like 75% Harry Potter, 25%, uh, uh, one punch man. It's a mashup for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
So basically one thing that you need to know about. So the reason why I bring up One Punch Man is the things that make something a One Punch anime to me is like the overtly OP character Yep. that because of how powerful they are, like destroy the logic of the world. So One right. Punch Man, you know, is just wanders through life and he is like outside the bounds of what like the world decides on things because he's mm-hmm. just so powerful. And that's kind of the case here, but imagine that, but he's Harry Potter. Okay. Um, and ideally this would be a shonen action show and there are parts, parts where it is that, but much like One Punch Man, it serves more as a comedy than it does a shonen show. Like if you're expecting like punch fights all day, especially since One Punch Man, the fights end in like three seconds. It's about the humor of the show. And that's what I kind of was hoping to get out of this was like, did it make me laugh? So, okay. Um, two things. The first is I have to tell you about my uh, interactions with Harry Potter. I didn't start Harry Potter reading Harry Potter until the pandemic. <laughs> that's all. That's how old I was. So I, I guess you were like, I really need to make sure I have nothing better to do. Well, here's the thing. We we would also. This is a little bit of a side thing, but you, we, our group of friends used to hang out all the time, and like if everybody but me is talking about Harry Potter stuff and had giving Harry Potter references and all that stuff. And then I'm like, mm, guys, I don't, I don't really watch it. I don't read it and stuff like that. Yeah. And it was like, and that's when the peer pressure started. And I was like, all right, I guess I have to read it. So I read all of the books up to uh, Goblet of Fire. And then I watched the rest of the movies because I, I just didn't want to read anymore. Ugh. And Ugh. I would say it didn't hit me the same way, but you know, it hit me. I was, you know, in my mid thirties at the time when I started reading it. So like the, the juvenile wonder was kind of faded at that point. Absolutely. Can you imagine trying to introduce your children to Finch's what it is to burn album and being like, do you know what it's like to be 15 years old in 2000 and hear this hit? Like, I know that like it does scream to your heart, heart, like it's on Tuesday. Right. I, like, I totally get it. Like we, um, uh, there's a reference to this in, in like how I met your mother where, uh, uh, Barney is trying to date Nora and he can't figure out her age and he's trying to base her age based upon the fact that she doesn't like Ewoks, which means that she's too old because she was old enough to realize that Ewoks weren't cool when they came out. But what he finds out later is she didn't end up watching the movies until she was an adult. So it didn't slap for her, you know? Right. So like things yeah. are like important to us based upon when they like come along in life. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And then my second thought that I was thinking, I was kind of going over the show, is there's kind of an inverse thing happening in Japanese anime right now in that shonen anime is getting less bright and fun and adventure-based, a la Naruto and One Piece. And it's getting increasingly dark and edgy and, you know, like, like your Demon Slayers and your Jujutsu Kaisens and, like, just, like, Everything has to be about crying and oh my god, I think they ate. and Attack on Titan is a big one. Like, I think oh, oh, so two things. One, I think media in general is doing that. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll, I'll sort of, I'll kind of blame AMC for this because mm-hmm. I really started to feel it when Breaking Bad and Walking Dead were at like the apex of their popularity, mm-hmm. and everything became dark and everything became about like the one hour dark show and mm. it like comedy became such like a, a, a forgotten thing they're like oh because comedy doesn't have epic uh well first of all comedy is way more subjective than right. than drama and it doesn't have these epic cliffhangers and you can't lock people into comedies that way 
And so like, I mean, I think that's why people love like myself love Ted Lasso so much because it's like, it's like slogging through this swamp of dreary content. And in front of you is this bright, shiny, effervescent, constantly jovial object. And so that's why I think like people like it. The second thing is you just referenced Attack on Titan. I got to be honest with you. I haven't watched an episode of Attack on Titan in two years. One of the few animes that I did watch. I do not follow any anime content on any of my social media channels other than ours. And somehow the other day I managed to scroll through something and it blew the ending of Attack on Titan for me. Yeah, that just came out recently. So what the hell, man? Yeah, I know that was that was rough. I I, it was the thing with the voice actress. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Another thing I want you to point out is we're going to do Attack on Titan. So people don't worry about that. We will get to that one. Yeah. It is so convoluted that, like, even if they did explain it to me, I would need them to explain it to me one more time. Oh, it got that bad? Oh, it's so convoluted. Like, you know, like, the big twist, that's the thing that you got spoiled. But Mm -hmm. everything else is like, so there's a centipede and, like, there's two countries and, like, but there's a prime, there's a compass, you know, coordinate with a beast and a hammer titan and, like, what's, and you're like... I got, I got so lost when I was watching. Is it easier it. to read Jaeger, than watch? Fritz, a whole bunch of German names get thrown around. It's wild. So, is it easier to read than watch? No, definitely, but much easier to watch than read. It's, yeah, because I always hated so, the I hated the awesome. artwork. Yeah. So back to Mashal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was was that uh, another thing that I think is going up inversely from how like dark and dreary Shonen's getting is how f- actually I think comedy is making me actually laugh in, as a Westerner. Um, there's a lot of animes out there that's just too Japanese for me to laugh at. I, I, I liken it to Gintama. I know some people like that, that anime, but man, I cannot laugh at that show. I'm like mm-hmm. so lost. It's so above, like, uh, it's so above my Japanophile brain that I'm like, okay, I guess that's what's going on. Uh, because it's, I think it is universal comedy, which I like about this particular show. Um, so, so I, I, this tonight is the night of like non sequiturs and like, uh, oh, just yeah, going well, off down the, so, well, you know, to its to its credit though this show is pretty surface level and i like that um, yeah it, it is a it is a comfort blanket there's no the show is not gonna like reveal big thing big truths to you it's not gonna like make you rethink a genre it's hey let's let's put see if like saitama if he was it was in a magic world like like what would happen right. wouldn't, that, wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be funny like <laughs> wouldn't it be funny yeah that's 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 what this is um, so, so, so before we hop so, into it, my last thing, when you talk about Gintama and like not getting like Japanese humor and like sometimes things being lost in translation. Yeah. My wife explained to me a 20 year old joke last night right. that I don't think I ever got. Do you remember the movie Lost in Translation? Yes. So there's a scene early in the movie where um, Bill Murray has a prostitute come to his room and she keeps saying, like, I want to go, like, let me go. And he's like, oh, oh like, go, like, I'm, I'm not like holding you here. And my wife, who spent time in Japan, said that in the Japanese language, they struggle with the difference between like coming and going. Yeah. <laughs> and so like when she's saying, I want to go, make me go. She's really saying, I want to come, make me come. <laughs> and he's like, oh. <laughs> And they don't explain it because, like, Sofia to Coppola, them, it's a that. destination. She's like, I'm going to put this joke in here, and Japanese people are going to get it, and screw the Americans that don't get this joke. Yeah, to them, it's where they want to reach. For the, for us, it's the ending point that we want to get to, right? It's yeah, yeah, yeah. 
it's like it's like an airport, right? They they go by departures. We go for arrivals. It's all it's all you know how it works. Um, so we're so back Mashal. on the so Let's talk about Mashal. <laughs> Mashal. We should just do it like now for the rest of our show, like when we just like go on like crazy tangent tangents to be like, so Mashal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that could be a new inside joke for us. But um, as like Harry Potter, it takes the place in a magical realm, mm-hmm. and the show tells you multiple times in multiple ways that it has magic in it. It's like. And this is a magical world, a magical realm full of magic because people use magic in it. And I'm like, okay, well, that's good to know. Magic yep, is in this yep, yep. world. And uh, the I got to say, you were talking about copyright infringement when I heard the like, do, 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 do. Like in the beginning of the show, I was like, oh man, even the, th- even the intro theme is like jingling away at like, how far those can we get without being sued? Do, 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 do. I was like, so how much was it like, when you first saw the show and you saw the scars and you yes. heard the not quite Harry Potter music and that everyone has wands and the uniforms are the same. Like was what were you like? Was it like hitting you in the face? Like what was happening to you? Yes. And, and so I watched the first two episodes weeks ago and I watched the, like last week I watched the two more episodes mm-hmm. and my wife sat there with me and she just kept turning to me and going, she's like, they're not even trying. No, like they're, they're just like, yeah, it's like, it's like yeah. every character we'd be like, oh, there's a, there's a Ron, there's a Hermione, there's a yep. Snape, there's a Professor Dumbledore. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they don't even try. Like it was, it was so wild, like how much, how much they were going for it. Can, and, can I break down like sort of like the overall premise for, please, yeah, yeah, for like the up. first episode of the show? Go ahead. So. We're in this magic realm, magic, 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 Garrett, because magic's yes. in this world of realm of magic. Um, but essentially, everyone is gifted with magic. Yep. And if you are not gifted with magic, or let's say maybe you're a muggle, uh, you are an undesirable. And much like uh, magic folk of a certain type in Harry Potter would consider you like a um of unpure blood everyone who possesses magic is born with a scar on their face they're all the boy who lived <laughs> yes they're all the boy who lived it's the lightning bolt now it oh, the scars do look different but yes and they're under the cheek they're like it's not the same it's not on the forehead it's under the eye not the same yeah yeah thanks vanilla ice <laughs> so um so uh if you are without magic Mm-hmm. They through four episodes, they don't really tell you what they do to you. I do know that you are supposed to be handed over to the government. I do know that you were taken out of like the procreation pool. I think they, they Gitmo you. You'll, like, I, I honestly think blood. what they're implying is they get you in this world. <laughs> like you get stuck with a bag on your head, standing for 23 hours a day, listening to I'm walking on sunshine. Like that's what I think happens to you in this world. Right. Of magic. Um, but that's sort of the world that we we live in, or that they live in. And um, the lead character Mash, when he Garrett, was a little no, baby, Mash Burn Dead, the most metal name, Mash Burn Dead. Yeah, he's a lead singer of a Swedish metal band. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Mash Burn Dead, when um, when he was a little baby, much right. in the way Moses was sent down the river in a basket, right, uh, is found by this bald-headed gentleman. Well, he wasn't bald at the time, but he's found by this gentleman. Now, this gentleman, whose name I'm going to try and... Regrow. Reg- Regrow. Regrow. Regrow yeah. Burn Dead. So Regrow Burn Dead was born with magic, but he's almost sort of like a squib right. uh, it, for Harry Potter terms, meaning that he's very bad at magic, 
like he's barely passable. They're not going to remove him from society, but he's definitely like the shame of his family. And one night he goes to the top of the building and he's he's going to leap to his doom. It's over. He's in his 20s or 30s and he yeah. just he doesn't want this anymore. And he hears a cry and behind him he finds Mash in a bassinet and he realizes that his life's like journey is to protect this baby because he sees that the baby does not have a scar. So he takes him out to a hut in the woods and he prepares him for what a life without magic will be. So while he'll never be able to teach this kid magic, not that he'd be very good at it because he's not good at magic. Right. He teaches him how to be strong in other ways. And he basically becomes a freaking machine. He he's very lean. He's a teenager with dark hair, but he is he's as fast as the flash and as strong as Superman. Imagine. No, when I say Saitama, I'm legit think that they took the visual presentation of Saitama from one punch man. And they just put a bowl cut on him. I think that's all they did. And like, yeah. we're, we're like, when he's not serious, his eyes are very, you know, he kind of looks very derpy, but like when he's very serious as the face gets very, has very, very defined features. Um, very big rip off, like just, just in terms of like one punch man aesthetic. Right. Um, and I love that. Like in th they introduced him, he like, instead of knocking the door, he goes, is it a push or a pull? And he just rips the door off the roll. They just, they the make him a, they make him very dense. And, yes. and that is the, the comic relief of the show. Yes. And his it's not that he's kind. He's just earnest, like naively earnest um, to the point of like, you know, like if it, he feels he feels he's like, oh, you know what? I shouldn't have I shouldn't have ripped that door off the hinge. Um, let me see if I can fix it. And he makes it worse. And then he's like, you know what? I'm going to fix this tomorrow, Dad. I, let me make sure that I get this. But like he's very like, oh, I'll get that. I'll, I'll get that. No, 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 no. Let me let me touch to get that one. I got it. Mm -hmm. so very like, you know, very much a good character, but not like saccharine sweet. You know, that's right. Um, he's got and, a good heart. Yeah. yeah, he's got a good heart. Yeah. And Regro's uh, rules to him is that he can't go to the city. But five minutes in the episode, that boy goes to the city. <laughs> Absolutely. Because what do you expect a teenager to do to like listen to you? I also feel like wasn't he inspired because he saw an advertisement for like cream puffs or something? This whole thing is centered around him eating cream puffs. He doesn't necessarily eat cream puffs. He just like sucks the juice out of them. Yeah. He's like, he like, yeah. like we never see him eating. He never like bites or over it. He's always just like. <laughs> Like, and like it, in the most disgusting way you could possibly eat a cream puff seriously and 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 you would think you know to be as in shape as he is that he wouldn't have such a high sugar intake but that's well, you know calories in calories out so he's yeah, burning exactly. it somehow and so he goes to the city and he makes a he makes like a really good uh viewpoint of like a, a, of observation about magicians how they're you know, wizards and witches, how they're portrayed and stuff. They basically use their magic to like not use their hands. <laughs> like they're <laughs> constantly like floating to pour milk into their coffee or he's like, I could open the door, you know? Well, Kyle, that's what we call foreshadowing. Right. So it's always funny to me how like he was like, he's like, all these people use their magic just to like not have to use their hands. And it's true. Like you ever watch like someone who really does uses magic. It's just to be lazy. Like if I, it's as if like, if I had magic, I would use it like to like not have to reach for like, get out of bed to get my phone cord. It just be like, eh. right. <laughs> just get my phone. Yeah. Your house would be like Fantasia with brooms going up and down the stairs. So you didn't have to sweep it yourself. Exactly. 
So he, he has some uh, interesting interactions, and everybody's noticing this boy has no scar. Um, he's really excited to buy cream puffs. So excited, so Garrett, that he crushes the coins in his hands. <laughs> and he's like, Ooh, and when he goes to pay, they're all bent in half. He's like, and he's like, oh, sorry about that. And they're perfectly flat by the time he gives it back to him. That's, like, that's the kind of stuff that, like, is actually really funny because it's, like, universally funny as opposed to Japanese context funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. And then, and then what happens? What happens as he's going through the, the city as our derpy strong boy? So while – so people are starting to notice that he's uh, – he doesn't have a scar and, like, the shopkeeper's like, stay calm, stay calm, just give the man his cream puffs. <laughs> uh, and if I'm not mistaken, he backs up and he backs up into a police officer. Right. And this police officer is drunk on the job. What a jerk. Right. And he gets loud and, like, basically challenges MASH and how could you do this? And mm-hmm. and I forget exactly how he does it, but he manages to rip the man's clothes. Oh, no. Doesn't he, like, go to, like, clean his shirt or something? Yeah, and he creams, rips his he's clothes got cream off? Goo all over his shirt. And he's like, oh, let me get that for you. And he just, like, rips the, the whole front lapel of his shirt off. Yeah. He like, <laughs> so, so he doesn't know his own strength. No, um, no. He's, he's got derpy strength, this guy. And so so he starts yeah. a fight and we sort of we get we find out that um news of this is being spread and uh uh the boss of this policeman uh who's yeah. kind of like lead detective in the area or uh sergeant or whatever um starts to hear that there's this uh non-scarred person like causing trouble. Yeah, everybody's uh got, you know, like, everybody's got like everybody's got like everybody's got like names like Mash Burn Dead and like some of, there's someone named Lemon in this show, but this mm-hmm. guy's got like a like a legit like name like Brad Coleman. <laughs> yeah, well, I was just gonna say it's like the most terrifying name, Brad Coleman. Brad Coleman. <laughs> um, and, and so he comes and is basically like, "Hey, I'm taking you in." Uh, and Mash is he's non-confrontational. He's like, "Hey, I don't I don't want to start any trouble." Nope. And just as uh, Brad Coleman is about to act, uh, Regro comes out of nowhere. And like tackle puts Mash over his shoulder and yeah. runs eight million miles an hour back <laughs> into the woods to bring him to the hut to try and get him away from danger. And then we're also introduced to the idea of the Pirate King. I'm sorry, uh, first uh, seventh Hokage. I'm sorry, uh, Wizard King. I'm sorry, D- uh, Divine Visionary is mm-hmm. our is our is our you know pirate king of the pirates of this show. Did you understand what that was all about? Like this divine visionary idea and like what it entails and like. No, I all I know is that Brad Coleman tracks him down to the uh to the hut. He he threatens regrow and mashes outside and mash comes through the door yeah. and is like, you're not going to threaten my dad. And he battles him and Brad is completely like defeated and taken back. But he says he shoots mash, magic like, at him and, and like he's doing like. Harlem Globetrotter shit to the to all the magic that's coming at him. Do do do. Yeah. Do do do. He's like shooting like fireballs at him. He's like he's like dribbling it and spinning it and kicking between his legs like back and forth and like right. And and so Brad says to him like, "Look, you you won this fight, but I need you to know, I will never stop hunting you, and I will tell other people, and they will never stop hunting you. But there is an out." Mm -hmm. And Mash is like, "Go on." (laughs) Go on. <laughs> and he's like, there's a school that you can go to. It's a magic school. You don't know magic? It's fine. You go to this school, you learn magic, and if you become the number one student out of this school, you can become 
a divine visionary. And that's, I don't know what a d- divine visionary actually is. Apparently, I guess what you're, you're right. It's like the top of your class, kind of the valedictorian of the magic school. But mm-hmm. what it comes with is like, it's kind of like when you become master sommelier, you can kind of just be rich for the rest of your life and not actually have to do any wine shit. Like, you know. Well, I, I, I don't know how true that is, but I, I get what you're saying. Basically, you know, like, you, like you've, you've your, reached the your peak. reputation precedes you that exactly. you can... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you don't have to like struggle to make money anymore. Like you can just like show up and things and people will pay you lots of money to do that stuff. Like, got it, got it, got it, got it. You reach like the pinnacle of that stuff, right? Sure. And the so the pinnacle of magic. Yeah, but the pinnacle of magic, a divine visionary, all that stuff. And Coleman's plan is that if if this kid becomes, you know, divine visionary after. So my plan requires what, three or four years of high school? Yeah. <laughs> For me to reap the financial benefit of this of, is a super long con. This is this is a very long con. Um, and and he and so Mash uh, shows up to our Hogwarts kind of school. I'm sorry, it's called Easton Magic Academy. Um, but before we do, I have to give space to the ending theme song of this show. Oh my God! Did did my wife and I love this? Yeah, it's like it's like. Cream, chocolate, pasta, custard. Yeah, and it's like shoe cream, funky love. That's right, shoe cream, funky love. Shoe cream, funky love. Which is not even appropriate because a cream puff is a shoe pastry right. with pastry cream. It's yeah. not shoe cream. No, it's not. And but the but count on Japan to match all that word too. Um, <laughs> Too creep funky love. Truer words, Garrett, have never been spoken. <laughs> <laughs> and I just every time I got, I got, I thought it was really funky. So we reach, we reach our Hogwarts, aka Easton Match Academy, and we get the like obligatory like entry exam. And no entry exam begins without the obligatory like, oh look at these plebes, and you're like from the window, like that's like three or four stories above them, going like, oh these plebes don't know what's coming for them. Oh, they're all gonna, they're all suck, and I'm amazing, and I'm an elitist prick, and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, their failure is gonna be so delicious in my fingies, mm-hmm. yep. and like that's what we get. And as that's happening, you're hearing. What's happening at the moment as he's surveying the the potential losers of this? Oh, his mash is uh, lifting weights in the yard. He's like deadlifting, but he's just like bouncing them against the ground at like an extremely fast pace. It's just like dong 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 dong. Like he's very conspicuous for a guy who's trying to like blend in. Right, and he's now drawn a scar on his face. He has, which you know what, regrow that could have. Solved a lot of problems for Regro. <laughs> if they had just done that from the Hey, you want to come into the city? I'll go with you. But we have to draw this line on your face with eyeliner. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that good of a pattern, you know? It doesn't. It, like, it's just I like. I didn't even think about Think that. about that. Like, honestly, it was like the color of mascara. You For like $3 at Sephora, you could have figured this problem out. Wow. Wow. <laughs> magic Sephora. I don't know what that would be. Um. Mashalfora, we'll call that. Um, and so the 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 elitist proctor, like the oily, you know, like eh, only three percent get in. So Garrett, by the way, these kids are all three percenters, um, because only three percent get in. Okay. And we have our uh, proctor's name's Claude Lucci. So uh, apparently he's Italian. We have Italian. another super a blonde, blue-eyed Italian. Not that they don't exist. A blonde, blue-eyed Italian in Japan named Claude Lucci. His name is last name's Lucci. First name's Cloud. <laughs> like Cloud. 
Claude. He's like he's like I'm German and in Italian all at the same time. Right. Also, to be fair to uh, anime, um, I always say that oh, that all these characters, none of them are Japanese. Right. It's like never explicitly stated that these animes are set in Japan. That's true, and that technically speaking, that uh, they that they that like there need to be a. I think I think what they what they try to frame this is, and I think I may have brought this up before, is that like. It's just such a monoculture at in Japan that they're like, you know, if I draw, you know, the black hair, the Japanese facial features and stuff like that, I do that like repeatedly over and over and over and over again. It's hard to distinguish your characters. So they're mm-hmm. like, well, let's make one blonde. Let's put a redhead in there. Uh, that kind of stuff. That's what I think was happening. Yeah. Um, but so we got our proctor. He's coming in and our test begins with the magic paper. How does our boy mash burn dead? get through this idea of the first opening uh, paper exam that he has to go through. This is phenomenal. And so this goes back to what you said earlier, where as MASH was walking through the city, he's noticing what everyone uses magic for. And he keeps pointing out that it's these menial tasks, these things that he could do without magic. Right. So yes, magic makes it easier but but it's not impossible without magic. Right. So if I'm not mistaken, everyone is giving a test with letters on it. But the letters are mm-hmm. magically dancing around the page. Just do-do-do-do-do-do. They're up, right. down, left, right, chasing each other in circles. Do-do-do-do-do-do. And mm-hmm. the first test is everyone has to use magic in order to, to set the letters straight. Mm-hmm. And MASH just stares at it and he's like, stop, stop, <laughs> stop. Stop moving, and and like the letters get scared straight and go into the paragraphs that they're supposed to go into, and like so much so that like even the proctor was like, "Wow, this is this is more legible than we've ever had in a test before." <laughs> Mash is intimidating, um, and so yeah, and so our boy Claude's getting really upset because Mash is 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 a you know a slacker. It's funny that he calls him a slacker, even though he was doing like. You know, five hundred pound deadlifts like right, ten right, minutes right, right. prior. He keeps calling him a slacker. Um, and so he goes, "Okay, let's let's up the ante. I'm gonna make the labyrinth o doom. I'm gonna literally make the, the labyrinth of the goblet of fire in the first episode. Yeah, the second episode. And um, our boy uh, Mash interacts with so much so, so much so that they were at a magic school, and I'm creating a labyrinth, and the labyrinth is filled with puzzles and magical creatures. That's right." See, you've told you've even told uh, found out something I didn't even an Easter egg I didn't even noticed or a whatever the opposite of that is. <laughs> we'll call this a neon sign, you know, Easter neon yeah. signs. And so he get bumps into a bumbling, stumbling Don Dede named Lemon Irvine. Before we talk about her, Garrett, pop quiz: What's a Don Dede? <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Well, you see, it's a Dede that yeah. starts with a Don. Um, <laughs> Uh, hold on. Um, what's my favorite? Soon today? No. What's a uh... coup today? Coup today is my favorite. Uh, Don today. Well, she's not lolly. She's kind of lolly. Uh, t- remind me. A Don today is like the like you know like skitterish shy one. It's really mm. like, <laughs> I just do it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Gotcha. And it like always falls and all that stuff. Very clumsy. Very ditzy. Um, that kind of stuff. And. Is, is my favorite of the mm-hmm. uh, days. Um, and Lemon, Lemon Irvine, her name is Lemon, uh, is in the middle of the thing, and she's paid by Claude Lucci to 
beef uh you know his chances to get out of the maze because for some reason cloud Lucci does not like this deadlifting bro that scares his words away and there was a sphinx that shows up and garrett did you know the riddle by the way the garrett the riddle was i have four legs in the morning two legs in the afternoon three legs in the evening what am i that was the actual- i didn't know it uh holly literally said oh ba 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 yeah, it's actually, but and then the funny thing is, we never find out in the show because oh. Mashal goes in and like throws him around and goes, "There's no such thing. There's no way a thing like that exists." Uh, like, repeat it to me again. Out of it. So the answer is human beings, because in the morning when they were born, we're crawling all fours. In oh, the yeah. afternoon when we're adults, we're walking on two legs, and then when we're old in our evening time, we have a cane, hence three legs. So that is the point of the riddle, just in case you wanted to know. And uh, yeah, so it's a. Uh, yeah, uh, but that was really funny because you never actually find out the answer. Like with this big sphinx, he's like, "Answer my riddle," and he's like, "There's no way a thing like that exists," and throws him out of the maze. It was it was really funny. Um, and as time is running out, and Lemon's like, you know, like thankful that she didn't die via sphinx, Mashal finds has to come up a way to get out of the maze. How does he do it? He has to figure out what again? How to get out of the maze? He's got seconds to spare. Oh, <laughs> well, naturally. He 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 uses his super strength and he grabs lemon and he just Kool-Aid mans through yeah. every wall. He's oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, through like 20 walls and right. makes his way through. <laughs> right. And of course he gets out. So technically he beat the timer, but Claude Lucci, and I don't necessarily disagree with Cla- Claude Lucci, yeah. is that there was no elegance to to that solution. It was not really in like the spirit of the challenge right right but he was ready to fail him and all of a sudden we have our Dumbledore uh, alias by the name of Wahlberg by again and he goes he's like hey bro 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 <laughs> say how do you mother for me it's me Wahlberg Wahlberg by again and uh <laughs> <laughs> hey yeah hey it looks like you use your muscles and magic that's cool man that's cool man hey nice beard there you know I had a beard in perfect storm say how do you mother for me <laughs> And so this, you're absolutely right. He's 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 Dumbledore, long Dumbledore from if you've watched the movies, the first two movies, yes. with the long flowing robes and the big the, beard, the long yeah. hair, the long beard, the slight frame. Mm-hmm. There, I mean, he, he leads the magical school. I mean, come on, guys! Like we are we are through like episode two or yes. one and a half. Yeah, and is it? We haven't even touched how much they're they start copying harry potter it's so bad and he sets him so he goes okay well this is the last part is a an interview that we're going to offer um and then uh so the whole county teleports uh mashal mash to the uh, uh to the mash mash um <laughs> into the <laughs> into this council room and he goes okay well you you think you're so strong what happens if someone like me who has such amazing magical powers goes up against you he puts a curse on his his dad and is this like doll if this knife slowly goes into the doll kills his dad and he holds the knife up and he's like he does like a he does like a ultimate warrior like (laughs) and he stops the sword from happening he's like well you know what happens man if you can't really this is a big spell and you it's probably gonna take you a long time it's really hard to hold on to this thing so really this is an endurance test and i got that and so yeah and so that was pretty cool and then he goes, oh, by the way, you wanted the answer to the question of what do I do if someone like the uh, the headmaster of the school were to go up against me? Well, I'd probably punch you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Accepted. 
I like the cut of your jib. I like this mash. <laughs> I like you, mash. <laughs> and so I was. I thought it was an interesting interchange. And, you gotta love uh, all powerful being Wahlberg Bygan. Can't <laughs> tell that this kid's got a fake freaking scar on his face. Right, exactly. It takes three, as I said, three seconds of a marker yeah. to just to fix this problem. Uh, the third episode, not too uh, poor, but it did have the famous like. Um, learning how to fly in a broom scene they did definitely it is literally so even though even though the character in mashal is as you have in the notes here kind of like the maggie smith um character from from harry potter professor mcgonagall yeah um that's not the person who actually does like the lesson in the harry potter books but it is just like it it they are in the the courtyard and the broomsticks are on the ground and they're wearing their robes and you have to summon the broomstick from the ground and everyone's summoning it. And this kid comes up to uh, comes up to Mashal. He's like, you can't do this. You can't do this. Mashal's like, yeah, I got it. And he kicks the ground so hard and then he summons it and it pops up into <laughs> his hand. Yeah. He goes, there you go. I got this thing. And then he goes uh, and then he, they go to have a broom race. And all he does is he like he goes to like the Wiley e. Coyote Acme version of how to do aerodynamics. He throws the broom and jumps on it at full speed. And by the time it falls, he's at the finish line. <laughs> like that's how he does it. And like it was really good. And then he beats the the henchman of our Draco Malfoy that shows up. Right, Crab and Goyle. Yep, yep, yep. This is clearly the Draco Malfoy of the group. Um, and blonde hair his yep. father works at the bureau of magic right. not the ministry of magic nope nope his nope father works at the bureau of magic and he would be very upset if he found out you weren't friends with his son <laughs> this boy's name was was bacos balfoy <laughs> <laughs> you should have, like named him his like real life name like tom felton like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how you get around the copyright bridges name the actor that's actually pretty genius <laughs> so um so the funny thing is this this actually made me laugh like just like in a short thing is the headmaster the the guy that he does know uh the on the inside the vice principal i guess is like, snape. like yeah snape whatever that version of that is and he punches draco malfoy and draco malfoy is like you can't do this to me you know my father is and all of a sudden the vice principal is like well i guess we're gonna have to suspend you and he just goes well i can fix this and he starts digging a giant hole in the middle yeah. of this of this not in the not in the courtyard where we were before but in the actual school grounds where there's like stone and he shoves the guy in the ground and the guy's like what are you doing and just like his stepbrothers he's like i'm burying you and he just starts <laughs> doggy, doggy burying him i thought that was that made me laugh so hard and the guy's like what what are you doing he goes for every for my of my entire college year, you can threaten to expel me. I will threaten to bury you <laughs> under the ground, and they will never find you again. And the guy's like, ah, with his head That's sticking out. Awesome. Floor. It was so funny. And yeah. uh, and and the, and Dumbledore, our uh, whatever the guy's is, Wahlberg bygone was like was like, ha, 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 oh, this guy's great. <laughs> <laughs> you know, physically assaults another student. Which, by the point. way. Is the equivalent of um of uh a, a, a meme that goes around the internet called Fifty Points to Gryffindor, yeah. which is like in the first few books and movies, uh Gryffindor or Harry and his crew yeah. would do something absolutely horrible, but Dumbledore would find a way to like spin it 
as an act of like intelligence, <laughs> bravery, or courage, and yeah. be like fifty points to <laughs> Gryffindor. <laughs> he took a dump in everybody's cereal. Fifty points to Gryffindor. 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 Yeah, Fuck, clever humor. I award fifty points to Gryffindor. <laughs> Courageous usage of fiber. <laughs> oh. So let's. I, I couldn't. I couldn't let you go on without talking about episode four, where yeah. we have our first instances of the sport duelo, duelo or duelo, which is so not what we think it is. Gary, what is duelo? And in... it's a modified form of Quidditch. So yes. first of all, there's a character in Harry Potter. <laughs> this is the thing. They're not this just copying thing. that it's a school. They're not just copying <laughs> that there's a game called duelo that's Quidditch. Basically, Quidditch, yeah. They're straight up copying side characters. Like right. he's approached at the school just like Harry is. Yep. After the scene with the the broomstick, by a character who is obviously based on Oliver Wood, who is <laughs> the captain of the Gryffindor Quidditch team, who's right. very intense and only cares about Quidditch. Yep. Very much like this character in Marshall. Mm -hmm. He yeah. convinces them to be a part of the match. Now, the differences between Quidditch and Duelo are massive. In yeah, that they, Quidditch... Well, has, there's a lot of extra details that Quidditch has, and, and like, Mash is like, we don't got time for that. Right. <laughs> Quidditch for that. has three wings. Right. Uh, sorry, three rings. And Mashal... Sorry, uh, Duelo has one diamond. Right. But do you want me to sum up this game for you real quick? Yeah, yeah go for it. Go for it, yeah. So, so... Oliver Wood, sorry, I forget his name in in Mashal. Who cares? Bamboo uh, guy. He likes bamboo. Oh, that's right. He 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 gets he gets Mash to be a member of the team, and he gets out there, and everyone he like he doesn't tell him how to play Duelo. So Mash is like, "Yeah, I'll be on your team, bro." And so, and he's just sitting in the middle of the court, like standing on the ground, like looking up at everybody, like right. And and. And this, and Oliver Wood, that's what we're going to call him. Oliver Wood sure. is flying around. He's like, come Oliver on, bamboo. Mash. You got to show heart. You got to be bamboo. If, if you give up, then you're just straw. But bamboo is strong. <laughs> you know why it's strong? Because it can survive in any climate. <laughs> <laughs> this so, metaphor got way too esoteric. <laughs> so he comes down to like give him this speech. Right. And he's like, if you want to give up, give up. But you should be like the bamboo. And he goes up in the air, and uh, Oliver Wood does, and he gets knocked, sort of like a dirty hit, and he breaks uh, a bone in his arm. And, Which isn't really uh, like, isn't that like not illegal in Quidditch? Like, can't you like literally, like, don't they have people that are there to like legit hit you with like heavy balls and shit like that? Yeah, absolutely. There are these other balls called bludgers, and you have these beaters who have bats and they hit the bludger at you. But I think maybe the fact that like Oliver Wood was like not paying attention or he was yeah. having a timeout with a teammate, but something yeah. about it was dirty. And so mash gets all pissed off because he has this like sense of justice yeah. within him. So he launches straight up into the air and you just sort of see this profile of his upper body, like floating above the stadium. Yeah. And you're like, how is he staying up there? And I could have guessed this. And <laughs> They show his lower half, and he's, like, treading water in the air. He's running his legs so quickly that he's not moving forward or backward, but he's just staying where he's at. Yeah. So he's up there, and the score is 60 to 10. Now, right. unlike Quidditch, where each one is worth 10 points, I think, each goal is worth the point, and they're like, he's running out of time. So yeah. what does our MASH do? MASH asks his teammate, oh, 
can I have the quaffle? And or whatever the, they call it, the ball. <laughs> yeah. And so he throws in the ball, and Mash develops this strong throw where he whips it through the and he's is like half court shots. Right. In yeah, basketball. He's, he's he's Steph Curry just shooting threes. He rips it through the diamond. But he puts so much English on it that it comes back to him like a boomerang. And he just starts fucking winging it. And in two minutes, they win 999 to 60. <laughs> so this gives you an idea of the absurdity. That's what I'm saying. Like people like are hoping to for us to talk about the deeper meaning of, of classism. This is not what the show is. <laughs> this is solve all your problems by burying your enemies and... And at being really good at baseball. <laughs> Sometimes you you don't want a five course Michelin starred meal. Sometimes you just want an ice cream sundae, and that's what this show is. That's one hundred percent what this is. And then we meet a, a character named Lance Crown, who's a badass. Um, I don't know who he's supposed to be, but um, well, he, he has, has a. I, I don't know. You're right. I don't. I didn't pick out immediately who he was supposed to be in Harry Potter, but what I can tell you, um, is that he has two scars on his face he's the and boy who, who lived twice huh he's the boy who lived twice yes what we learn is that um everyone almost everyone is born with one scar but one in 100 but like people who have more scars are more powerful but it's very rare so like two right. scars is every one in 100,000 people that's yeah that's pretty pretty rare and so he has gravity magic i'm sorry called gravioli that he's down all the time. Oh, by the way, speaking of the way the spells are. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so guys, so the, are we just <laughs> losing himself? So so there was a spell that that Maggie Smith taught to Mash and the rest of the group. And you remember the lock? He instead of like opening it with magic, he just like broke it up with his hands, right? That was the yeah. joke. But what made me giggle the hardest was <laughs> Was that the um the spell incantation that you have to say in order to open up a lock? There is opti arse arse, or I think it was arse. But the way that it was said by the Japanese woman who did this voice acting was like up the ass, which is a problem that that the Japan generally has with certain words. Like there's a, there's this Japanese YouTuber that brings up about the word the earth sounds like za ass. He's like, now I want you to say, give me the earth, give me za ass. And that's, that's, that's why I was laughing really hard when, when the spell don't up a lock is up the ass. Mm. So, uh, but back to where we're talking with, with our gravioli boy, um, our chef warrior to gravioli boy. He, uh, we, and we learned, so he, yeah. he sees Mash as like this challenger because, right. uh, Lance Crown really wants to be the, uh, divine, what's that called again? The divine, divine visionary. And you get this point, not through point, just points. You get like coins, I think, as yeah. well by doing this. So he's yeah. saying he's getting like silver coins and he's getting jealous. Yeah, there's gold, silver, and bronze coins. And if you collect the most, that go in addition to your performance in school and with magic, that goes like towards your like goal to be like the best in the school. Right. Um, and so Lance Crown, uh <laughs> Lance Crown takes um takes Mash's three friends and puts them in like a genie bottle. Right. And Brings him out into the woods and challenges to him to a fight. And we get this heartwarming story about how even though Lance is like a badass and he's like my <laughs> well, 
so he's so Lance is fighting Mash, and at the first move, uh, Lance puts Mash down in the ground, puts his head down in the ground. Mash fights back, but Mash is like learning his moves and getting like yeah. picking up the speed quicker. And at one point, he knocks off the locket uh, that Lance is wearing, and he opens it, and there's like this picture mm-hmm. of like lance's little sister but that's not how mash takes it and he's like oh he's a lolly con perv perv what do i do gotta report this help i need an adult like that's what he's (laughs) like in his head and you gotta imagine like he always he he always says everything deadpan too so he's like help help i need an adult and uh there's a lolly con in the room but but we find out that lance crowns uh and his sister are very very tight it's his little sister and she has come down with a disease um, that she likely has five years before she loses all her magic. And her parents are like, oh, how could this happen in our bloodstream? And Lance was like, you're no longer her parents. I will protect her. So his goal is to finish up at uh, Easton, um, Easton Academy, become a divine visionary and use his powers to to save his sister. Right. So she then, doesn't have to go off to the gulag. Yeah, to go to take the little small, the small uh, lollicon. Uh, and he goes, I'm not a lollicon. I'm a ciscon. <laughs> and, and Mash is like, oh, is that any better? Yeah. And so, so we're back in our Onichon uh, episode, Garrett. Uh, and so so it just shows you, like, once again, so Mash, Mash, Mash Burn Dead, our Harry Potter, uh, beefy Harry Potter guy is, it's a good show. And I think, you know, weeb, my weeb thoughts are that, like, it, it's as I said, you said it's a, it's ice cream sundae. It's it's high calorie, low you know, you low know, nutritional low value. You will be full. You'll be hungry later. But it's a good. I think it was good. But there's other Harry Potter things you may not have seen yet, Garrett. So mm-hmm. there are houses in Mashal. Yeah, I did see that. There's Adler, Orca, and Lang. And Adler is the uh, they are courage and conviction, which I'm guessing means it's the Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Orca values wisdom and willingness. Which I'm guessing makes them. Uh, that's Ravenclaw. that's like a wisdom is Ravenclaw and willingness is like Hufflepuff. So it's a mix of those two. Yeah, and then Lang is our as our uh, Slytherin. Although I don't think they have Slytherin like bad guys. I don't know if they they've established that yet in this show. Well, I don't know. In the Duelo match, they that the guy cheated from the Lang team. That's true. But you, you would think though that they would just they would go they, like if they're gonna like bite. You might as well just be like, "This is Puffelhuff. <laughs> this is Craven. This is Craven Raw." <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Lance Crown and his his sister like Craven Raw. Craven Raw. <laughs> We're that's the willingness. Oh that's that's the, the people whose houses willingness. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> We're Diffengroar. Stitherton. <laughs> These all got sexual when you when you mess around with the letters. Yeah. Oh, it's a puffle hoof. Uh, and so also the uh, the Harry Potter's a very naming. So the name of the episodes like Mash Bird Dead and the Body of the Gods. Like they're all titled that way. Right. Um. And apparently it, it, that's titled like when I see like if it's really Mash Burn Dead and the Body of the Gods. Yeah. That also feels to me like Percy Jackson, the light and the Lightning Thief. That's right. He's like, what other YA novels can we go to? Oh, let's put some Twilight in there. Let's make them all sparkle in the sunlight. And um, they when then when they play baseball in the woods, the the sound of the bats uh, hitting the ball should sound like thunder. So you should do it during thunderstorms exclusively. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we get to, and then also apparently Mashal's house in the woods supposed is is like a one for one reshot of Agrid's house. Yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a hut, it's a round hut in the woods with a thatch roof. Did you did you see any other things that were like really blatant that were that that I didn't catch? Because I'm sure you did. Um, trying to think in particular. I mean, it's very clear that they're trying to uh, paint Lemon as Hermione. Yeah. Um, his roommate. They're trying to paint as Ron Weasley. Right. right. Um, trying to see, think off the top of my head if anything else came to mind no, exactly i mean it's the same like the wands look exactly like the show oh yeah well and then like the robes like the coloring on the robes, the same the exact same. thing yeah absolutely um, i think even like the i think even when they were playing duelo like the score scoring machine was like a knockoff of like the scoring machine that they used in like the first harry potter or two like yeah. so it's uh it's not trying to hide anything now how about this kyle yeah. did this start as a manga it did start as a manga in 2020. Oh. So this is a. Do you know? Do they pay a licensing fee? Like, I would say this is a come at me, bro. Japan has this thing though. It knows that like, not enough people think about Japanese properties enough that there is like there was a whole like problem in the 90s of video games having like blatant IP vest of like of like you know, uh, Mickey Mouse fighting Spider-Man, but like approximations of it in their video yeah. games. Like Japan is like notorious for that, where they will take, um, you know, IPs and like be like, come at me, bro. Cause like, who's but, a, who's going to find this thing? Because well, but the thing is, is that I don't even know if it's, um, so yes, JK Rowling is like powerful, but it's not her who seeks it out. So right. I'll tell you this. My wife was a member of a group called Hogwarts Running Club. Okay. And originally it was called Potterheads Running Club. Right. And they were literally a club of like a thousand people on Facebook Mm -hmm. and they ran races and they raised money and they gave it to charity. And that was, it was run by a couple. Mm -hmm. They were the only employees and that was literally what it was. And Mm -hmm. Warner Brothers sought them out and sued them. They negotiated with Warner Brothers to no longer be called Potterheads, that it would, because Potter was like, the name right the harry potter's name so they negotiated with warner brothers that they could call themselves hogwarts running club a year and a half later the lawyers at warner brothers said you know what that's not actually good enough and they came back and they went to sue them again and so they had to disband a charity that had raised over a million dollars for for like good causes because they were just too close to the name so i don't buy that no one's watching this because Warner Brothers has lawyers everywhere watching for this. So I don't know how I'm looking, they're... A, I'm looking uh, this up. Um, unless Japan has something where their copyright law is not as strong. And so yeah. the Warner Brothers lawyers don't have like precedence and like law in Japan that would allow them to sue. Right. I just think there's the, they, as I said, they approximated enough, you know. Oh, but it's 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 enough that you know what they're talking about, but just enough where they be like, "What are you talking about?" No, it's not, Kyle. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. Like, I, I I don't know. I don't know. I I'm I'm actually trying to look up like whether or not she sued, and I don't think so. So what I'll do is I'll ask you the questions we ask every week, which is, would you keep watching knowing what you've seen so far? Um, so 
I'm, as I look up the copyright law on this. <laughs> I actually would. This was really funny. And I think that, I think one of the reasons why I liked it was I was so familiar with it because I already knew the property, Harry mm -hmm. Potter. Yeah. But it added all the, the, the humor and absurdity of One Punch Man, which I'm not super familiar with, not for any other reason than it's just like, it's not on my radar other than like when we cover mm -hmm. it for the show. Uh, but there are reasons why people like it. And there are reasons why it's one of the most popular anime, mm -hmm. both with regular anime lovers and also people who are like, I know people know One Punch Man who are not like avid mm -hmm. readers of manga and watchers of anime. So right. um, I, I definitely like see the appeal. This is like up there with like One Punch Man. Like this is one that I think people should just watch because it's funny and you can you can have a good time and it's universally funny and universally enjoyable. And I think the universality of it's going to give me a pretty good score for me, which is what we're going to go to next, which are Weeba Noob score. Uh, the Weeba Noob score doesn't mean it shows good or bad. We want you to watch all anime all the time, good or bad. Um, but it does see say our excitement level for you to get to watching it right away. Like how important is it to your overall digest? Uh, Garrett speaks to a uh, new fan. I speak to a longtime fans experience. Um, and I'm going to start. I'm going to give this a, I'm going to give this a nine. I not because I think it's particularly flashy or amazing or that it's part of a of a balanced, you know, weeb diet. But I think there is enough crossover appeal and universality to its humor and what it does that you can like share this with others. This is like a memeable show. That if you can get to know it, it's a way for me to be like, if Garrett had never not done this show with me, I could be like, hey, Garrett, I know you like these two things. I know you like anime. You know, you want to try anime. This is Harry Potter. Here is something that I think you could try. So I think as just like as an overall part of your toolkit to try to get other people to to try this, this idea, this art form, mm -hmm. I don't see why not. And it's a good one to have. And if you like One Punch Man, like this is going to be right up your alley. Um, so, Garrett, what are you going to give it for its noob score? So I want to give it higher for its enjoyability factor, but because of its blatant lack of originality, I'm going to knock it. <laughs> so I'm going to give this a seven and a half. Okay. Because I think the enjoyment factor is just super high. Yeah. And, and I think that it's something that it's not convoluted. It, people like it, it, it moves along. You get what's happening. It's not overly complicated. Um, it's funny. And again, it's familiar. Yeah. I give it a seven and a half. Good, yeah, and I think our, our the the differences in our in our scores are essentially you grade it as a parody of Harry Potter, and I'm grading it as a a Harry Potterification of One Punch Man. So that does show you like how you're going how different viewpoints can change Indeed. our scores. Um, so yeah, so as we uh you know Avocadever off into the night, um, it is always important to hear your thoughts. Is Mashal, Magic and Muscle, the type of funny comedy action One Punch Man meets Harry Potter that we all think is hits the sweet spot, or does it just miss the mark? You can follow us on our uh, all of our uh, social media, including on Twitter at Weeb underscore Noob and on Instagram at Wamba Podcast. You can also listen to us on anchor.fm slash Wamba Podcast, aka now Podcasters for Spotify, or anyway, your podcast is found. Make sure when you do, you give us a what, Garrett? A big old honking steamy five star review. A five star review. Oh, oh, I see what you did there. It really elevates our show, uh, which we do with our hands, but we prefer to use our wands instead. Um, so we want to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Um, and before we close, Garrett, what are your final thoughts on Mashal? Pasta, chocolato, shoe cream, funky love. <laughs> 
So we're going to be uh, eating our cream puffs, doing our 500-pound deadlifts, uh, kicking our legs in the air to keep our brooms in the air. All in all, I wish you all fantastic. See you next time. Take care, y'all.